1: Hello, and welcome to Living
0: Strong, The flip side
1: of Adversity. I am Dr. Virja Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I am so excited to have this conversation because I feel like there are so many um, opportunities for us to um, learn how to not be held hostage, to the experiences we've had from our past, but recognize that we absolutely can actively break cycles, interrupt um, things that have not served us well and create the opportunity to live full and to um, absolutely experience all that um, our lives are here and destined to be and do. And I've got a woman who has figured it out. And she is going to walk us through her show selection of breaking generational curses. And um, that by itself, I know has some of y'all logged in because that is a powerful concept. That is a powerful um, topic for us to begin to unpack. So let me tell you a little bit about her, she is a mom of three amazing daughters, and we are um so excited because she not only is a mom, she is a wife, and she is a serial preneur <laughs> For those of you who are in um the entrepreneur arena and field, you know. To be able to have multiple thriving businesses, that is a feat in and of itself. And so when you have someone in the space who has conquered that, she is a mortgage loan officer, a wealth strategist, a financial wellness coach, and an insurance broker. And her passion lies in guiding her clients from financial challenges to prosperity, sharing valuable strategies to enhance their finances, budgeting and income while safeguarding their assets. She and her husband have also launch their own event rental and planning company called Steel Steel Styling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Additionally, she hosts her own podcast Steel Living Well where she explores the intricacies of living a well-rounded life. She delves into topics such as faith, finances, relationships, health, Wealth, wealth building, motherhood, and self care. She's also the founder. I know y'all, right? I told y'all, serial <laughs> serialpreneur and multifaceted woman. She also is the founder of a Christian girl boss community called Pretty and Prosperous, fostering monthly connections among like-minded women who are business owners of faith. So all that to say, she has achieved a lot and She has overcome a lot, and she's here to share some real practical stories and strategies to help all of us understand how we can break cycles that are no longer serving us. Welcome to the show, Michelle Steele. Thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy to be here with you and just to share a little bit about how we can get over these generational curses and traumas. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. You know, when you um, suggested this topic, it was immediately, I think when we were planning this, I was like, oh, yeah. So... (laughs) We this is something one um we haven't had anyone actually um venture into and this whole concept of creating your flip side story is one in which unpacking the fact that because we all have a backstory, there is always something from especially our childhood that we can get stuck and mm-hmm. carry forward. And so how would you say your early family life has has shaped who you actually have become today? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know. I know. What, what, you know, the people came forward. So we're just going to jump right in.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I grew up in a two-parent household um, with my mother and my father, and they were definitely both on the flip side. (laughs) Um, my, My father was an entrepreneur. Um, I've watched my father have several businesses, hence why I have several businesses. Um, And then my mother, she was more of a nine-to-fiver. Like, she's Mm -hmm. tried to kind of have a business, but she never really kind of got over that fear of having that comfort of just, you know, working in corporate America. And so I grew up, you know, watching both sides, you know, Mm -hmm. the fear and then also the risker, the one who's going to take all the (laughs) risks. So... um, with both of those um sides i've seen the ups and the downs of of both um i've also seen you know how it's it's risky to be an entrepreneur like one day you have it all and one day you lose it all and i've watched that happen with my father um and then on the same time uh, on the same side with my mother i've seen her you know have jobs and then you know money's coming in and then all of a sudden lose it all. So I've seen both sides Mm with um, entrepreneurship and also, you know, having the nine to five lifestyle, but I can say um, watching my father, it it pushed me to want to always uh, go full force with entrepreneurship. Honestly, I have no choice, but we'll talk about it later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it really wasn't even an option,
2: right? It was an option.
1: (laughs) And, and I find it's really interesting because I I have had a background where everyone, many of the people, um, women in my story have been educators. And so I understand the natural path that I've taken to, to education, but I don't have a background of seeing entrepreneurs and so kind of figuring out the grind the balance the the overcoming the fear all of that mm-hmm. has um been something i kind of had to figure out on in my story because there wasn't a blueprint for it right. in 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 things that i saw from my past so when you think about what have been kind of some powerful steps or experiences that have helped you to understand how to create your own path and break cycles that you may have seen that weren't as positive, but you actually have begun to launch and continue to build your own story and defining your own way. How have you, what practical things have you either experienced or learned to begin doing your own thing?
2: Yeah, so like I said, with my father, I watched him become an entrepreneur. Um, He's had several businesses, but one thing that I noticed is that he never scaled his business. And so that was something that, Uh, terrified me now as an entrepreneur of just seeing him still continue to have to basically be a slave to his business, Um, you know? And so being that and not having a blueprint for, or an exit strategy or any type of like um, safety net, if he's sick, then he's losing money. If he, um, if he wants to retire, right. You know, Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was no plan for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So seeing that really pushed me to make sure that I'm going to have an exit strategy. I'm going to have, you know, eventually a, a bigger team to assist me instead of, you know, getting caught in that rut of just being a solo entrepreneur. I know mm-hmm. it's easy in the beginning and sometimes it's scary to, um, to branch off and to have people supporting you and have a team. Mm-hmm. But, um, you're gonna need it if you really want to actually make money and not be you know a slave to your business, so seeing that has made me think long and hard, like, okay, Michelle, what we gonna do so we don't do that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not working to that long, okay? I'm trying to retire by 45 at the latest.
1: <laughs> right. right, I love it. So when you say the word scale up, I don't ever want to take for granted that people understand that concept because a whole lot of people say, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm grinding. But you just used the term, And a philosophy that I want to make sure people understand what you meant by that. So he was an entrepreneur. He knew the hustle, but he never knew or he never actually scaled up. What does that mean
2: to you? Oh, a lot. So Mm -hmm. my dad was living off of survival. Okay. So he grew up with no parents. Both of his parents died when he was a child. So all he knew was hustle. All he knew was grind. All he knew is I got to eat. So when you have that mentality, um you you kind of get scared to really trust others or let go of the reins uh, and and have the comfortability to let go of, the, you know, the reins of your business or you know whatever projects you're working on. So far as scaling up, scaling up is just really you thinking outside of the box of where you are right now and Mm -hmm. the steps in between from where you are to getting to your next level, what step, the steps in between there, but the steps in between there is really just you letting go of that comparability of you Mm -hmm. just being the only one um, within your business and having support with your business, being open to support, being open to other people assisting you, having ideas to help you grow your business instead of just thinking that you know it all. Um, I think that's one of the main things that I've seen uh, when it came to him and his business.
1: Yeah, I've experienced or even had um, conversations with entrepreneurs and inevitably, it always comes up that the lack of trust keeps them from building a team mm-hmm. and they always want to know, so how do you pick the right people and what if you pick the wrong people? How would mm-hmm. you respond to them with that?
2: <laughs> the wrong people, I've dealt with that as well. <laughs> 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 and that's not fun. So, um, wow, picking the right people and the wrong people. So you have to know which you're good at. Mm -hmm. and what you're not good at. So knowing your strengths and weaknesses. So whatever you're good at, focus on that and outsource the rest. But far as outsourcing, you want to make sure that 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 person that you're outsourcing to do whatever you're not skillful at, you want to make sure that they're actually passionate about what they're doing and that they actually love it. Um, You want to make sure that you kind of know a little bit more about their background and um, what what their strengths and also their weaknesses are, how organized they are to be able to help assist you with growing your business as well, so...
1: Yeah, so you're looking for the skill set, the character, the passion, all of that connected to not only can they do the job, but do they actually have the heart right. and and um, the integrity to mm-hmm. do it at the same in the same way? Not doing it the same, but doing it in the same way that you would um, that you would um, do it if you had if you were able to do that part of the skill. So right. yeah. Yeah, the you. I love when I'm able to talk to someone who has made the distinction between being an entrepreneur who wants to make money and being um, a business owner who is focused on wealth. Mm -hmm. What is it for you? What's the distinction? between um, an an entrepreneur that's that's in the grind to make some money versus you identify yourself as a wealth
2: strategist. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Oh, it means a lot, but it depends on who you're asking the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To me, I can just really define Mm -hmm. what wealth means to me. Um, Wealth means freedom, Wealth means happiness. It means health. It means joy. It means family. Um, And a lot of people normally think of wealth as just money Mm -hmm. um, when wealth is really just a multitude of things. Um, Wealth is time. How much time do you actually have for yourself and your family? You know, how much time do you have to focus on your goals, Um, any extracurricular activities that you like to do? I like to paint. (laughs) And this is something that people may not know because I haven't did it in years, but I like to actually design. And like I used to do fashion design years ago, and I I like to sew. But how much time are you actually spending on the activities that you enjoy as well? So wealth is just like a multitude of things and just really you... um, bringing you know health wealth uh wellness um your family your finances all into one also mental health as well mm-hmm. uh, that is that is a huge key to wealth because if your mind ain't right your money sure ain't right
1: you better say that again <laughs> i <laughs> there's so many conversations that i've had with people who are so focused on the budget but haven't actually dealt with the emotional um shackles that they still have mentally mm-hmm. that are actually hindering them from managing and navigating their finances um in a in a healthier way moving towards right. that that overall wealth so when you think about um your story the some things that may have been passed down so you talked about this this spirit of entrepreneurship as mm-hmm. well as kind of the tension between an entrepreneur and the and the fear of taking risk mm-hmm. and and you navigate navigated overcoming that and and defining for yourself were there any other generational things that you have had to overcome as you have grown into this prosperous woman?
2: (laughs) Yes, um, lots. Um, Mindset was a huge thing I had to overcome. Perfectionism, um, not letting toxic words and toxic behaviors dictate who I am. Um, For a long time, I let things that were spoken over me dictate how I actually reacted. Um, and then I also let toxic behaviors um, dictate how I reacted as well. Um, and that took a toll on me for a long time um, for me to really just kind of get past the trauma of it all, especially when you have someone who who loves you, who's telling you these things, who loves you and you, you trust, you know, you've been with them all your life telling you these things, it can really cut like a knife. So um, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep, but I'll start <laughs> <laughs> We don't want you to, we do not
1: want you to mess up that beat face. I mean, we can't, we cannot at all mess up that beautiful makeup that you have. But I do want to lean in because I feel like when we are not aware of our emotional well-being our emotional health and paying attention to that sometimes we will focus so much on i'm just going to grind i'm just going to have the business i'm just and i'm just going to pour or even becoming a workaholic mm-hmm. focused on the doing and we're actually working against the healing right. that we need to have and Open up, like open up the pathway for true prosperity, for true flow, for true um, fulfillment. So, w- can you give us an example of what it looked like when you were still stuck, and when you knew that you were no- that that cycle had been broken?
2: Well, the cycle is still continuing because I have three daughters. But um, I remember growing up as a little girl, um, I have an older sister, and she had her children very young. Um, She was a teen mom. And so I would hear as I was growing up that I'm going to end up just like her. I'm going to end up in her shoes. Um, And that was something that took a toll on me. And lo and behold, since that was constantly spoken over me, that was constantly spit out, eventually it happened. I became a teen mom and I had my um, oldest daughter um, at 18 and I had my twins when I was 19. So I was a young mom, right? And so, ooh, girl, the water's going to start flowing in a
1: minute. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going, you're getting ready to truly, I just feel in my spirit, somebody is carrying something, especially shame, and it's keeping them from being all that they are supposed to be. So we're yeah. going to lean in with you, sis.
2: Yes. So, you know, hearing those words spoken over you um, is one thing. But then once it actually happens and then you hear that, uh, not just from people who in around me, like really close, but outside circles. And I used to go to church. And so, you know, I was heavy into like the youth ministry and things like that in my church. But um, now I'm pregnant. And I have this big old baby bump, and people are whispering about me and telling me that I'm never going to amount to anything because I have these babies. And, you know, just really giving me that shame Mm -hmm. um, because I was a young mom. And so, because I was so ashamed of having my baby so young, like I was for a long time, I was really ashamed of that. And now I just, I shout it on the mountains. Yeah, I have my babies young and (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're good. Mm -hmm. And I don't push that on any um teenager to ever get pregnant young. But now that I've had them young and I've I've heard people, you know, speak so much negativity on me that I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to be any anybody, you know, I'm going to be on welfare and all these other things that were spoken over me. It was always like, okay, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to go sometimes harder. I'm going to make sure I prove everybody right. I was living for everyone who has spoken negatively over me instead of living for me. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while to kind of get over that and realize that, Michelle, who do you have yourself to prove to but God? Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. These people do not pay your bills. (laughs) As much crap as they talk, they are not feeding your kids. You know, so I had to really get over um, what people said about me. I just stopped caring. I really stopped caring. Once I stopped caring, the release of things that I let go (laughs) was tremendous. So.
1: So can you give us an example with your now cuz I know you say you know the the cycle um is continuing because you have created a lifestyle and environment and I already know um how you speak in in the space of your children so in essence the the intentionality that you have already placed mm-hmm. in in their journey has already Begun to break up cycles and things that people don't realize how powerful words are to yeah. shift the trage- trajectory of people's lives. Can you give us a an example of when you kind of paused and realized you were changed, like this, like oh, oh, this is the Michelle. The world has been waiting for? Was there a moment, is there an example of something that happened that you were like, oh, oh yes, I'm doing
2: this thing? Yes. Um, So going a little bit further back, um, as a child, I never heard I love you from either one of my parents that many times. I can pretty much count on my two hands how many times I heard that. And it was like, Really, like meaningful, <laughs> not just to say it because you're around people, but like saying it because they meant it. And so, um, I, I made made sure that I tell my babies I love them every single day. I make sure that I hug them and I kiss them. That was not something I was given to me, mm-hmm. and I know that it comes from. Trauma from my parents, from whatever they went through growing up, which I still to this day really don't know the details of all of their trauma, but they passed their trauma on to me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure my babies feel love because if they feel loved by me, they're not going to seek love elsewhere because that's what I did. Because I did not hear my parents tell me, I love you. I did not get that embrace from them. I did not get a hug, a kiss, or anything a good job. I mean, hearing a good job can just <laughs> can do something to you. I I rarely heard that. So it was always like everything that they said to me, it was like, I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good enough in their eyes. I wasn't perfect enough or I need to do better at this. I need to do better at that. So I make sure that every single thing that my kids do, I commend them on. Even if it's the smallest thing, like she tied her shoe. Oh, baby, you tied. So like I am just hyping my baby up. Like she dancing, oh girl, you better get it. Like I am hyping my baby up because I want them to know that I am proud of them and everything that they do. And of course, you know, if they make mistakes, I I don't talk to them the way that I was talked to. Mm-hmm. I talk to them more in a loving tone because I don't want them to feel like I am um. I don't want any toxic words to come out my mouth that will affect them later on. So the shift is already happening with them because I'm making sure that I do everything that wasn't done for me for them. I'm not making any excuses for why I can't tell my baby I love them, or I can't hug them, or I can't kiss them, or I can't congratulate them. I'm making sure I do that every day.
1: The level of intentionality that you are putting into um, rewiring or reshaping what relationship looks like when you didn't have that blueprint is really powerful because I found that so often people can't affirm others or affirm themselves because they were never affirmed so right. then it kind of just they continue to to not connect with their power or their identity and somehow you have actually you literally have broken something that was passed down to you and said no thank you <laughs> no thank you i'm not serving this to anyone else which Uh, I mean, it is absolutely amazing. And when we come back from this break, uh, I'm hoping that you will allow us to lean in even a little bit more. And if you could give some practical strategies for day-to-day approaches to being pretty and prosperous what does that look like? <laughs> when we come back from this break, um she has a whole community of women that she encourages them, guides them and creates space for them to be pretty and prosperous. And when we come back, she's going to tell you what that means and how you can walk in it. We'll be right back. Yes.
3: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy
1: updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
3: What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God given beauty, identity and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoates.com for more information.
0: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity.
1: Welcome back. We have been having a conversation with Michelle Steele, and she has been walking us through a very transparent and vulnerable part of her story in order to provide not only inspiration, but practical tools and strategies that she has learned and grown to understand so that the legacy she gives to her daughters, is one that is of wealth, of a full life of wealth—not just money, but time and love, and and a space of security and feeling seen. So she's been walking us through this, and I asked her if she would kind of think about what are some practical strategies that she has um, guided other women through, especially as she's created this community called Pretty and Prosperous. And so, Michelle, tell us a little bit about Pretty and Prosperous and what kind of strategies do you cultivate in that community?
2: Yes. So Pretty and Prosperous is a faith-based girl boss community. So I created this mainly because I feel like there was no space for Christian entrepreneurs to really connect um, and network. Um, I mean, there's networking events everywhere, but there was not a space for us ladies, us you know, ladies of faith to really connect. So that's why I created it um, to just really bring ladies of faith together so that we can be able to fellowship and then also, you know, grow each other's businesses. Um, and so far as strategies uh, for the women, um, girl, we we do a lot. <laughs> we do a lot. Um, for the most part, we have had a Wealthy Women Wednesday every fourth Wednesday of the month. Um, all this year, except for, or not all this year, we started it in May and we did it up until October. Um, and that was just a lunch where women can just come. I, I had a different theme every single month, like a different color like that they, they had to wear every single month. But it was really the, the main reason behind it is because I wanted women to come in there, you know, feeling beautiful. And feeling confident in themselves and, you know, have a reason to go shop for, you know, a new color they (laughs) haven't tried out. Um, And then also get to really just connect with other sisters. And this community has really grown. And a lot of the ladies have made really good connections in there and has gotten support from each other's, you know, businesses within our community. So I'm really proud of it so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because entrepreneurship can be really lonely. Yeah. and in in some respects because you you come at this from multiple angles as an entrepreneur um as a as a mother as so those spaces can you can get really lost into in how much work how how much time it takes and lose sight yeah. of really getting poured back into. Um and actually finding community. So you've done that. And then I love the whole color thing because when you made the comment, pick a color that you wouldn't normally wear. So you're you're breaking people out of their comfort zone. Um and, and I think about how often women will say, um, I don't trust other women. Mm-hmm. or i don't um i don't need anybody else i can grind this thing um and neither one of those things are true so pretty and prosperous um creates that space to yeah. again break those lies yes it you also model really healthy relationship building but i also know that you've had to learn some lessons around Um, toxic relationships, or even in some cases, you, you even have your own story of domestic violence. And so recognizing how you move out of those places and experiences of toxicity and the strength that it takes or took for you to overcome domestic violence is absolutely inspiring. Um, for others. So, how did how did you actually find the courage to break that cycle in your story?
2: Yes. Oh, girl. <laughs> We're getting deep today. Um. Yeah. So, my kids' father—they uh, all have the same dad. Um. He was my abuser. Um. And the main reason why I I stayed so long is because I grew up in a two-parent household. i seen my mom and dad fight and argue and things like that, but they still stayed together. So I thought that was the norm. Um, And I thought that was okay to stay in relationships where, you know, people fight, but him actually putting his hands on me was not something that I was, I was used to. Um, But I just thought it was OK, because I was like, OK, I don't want to break up my family. I want my kids to have their mom and dad. But I was miserable um, in that relationship with, you know, bruises all over me all the time because of his anger. Because he was mainly just jealous. If anyone tried to talk to me or anything like that, he was he was jealous. He was furious. Um, but eventually I was like, Michelle, <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> you're doing everything for this man and this man is doing nothing for you. Like I met him, we were high school sweethearts. So I met him when I was um, in high school, actually way younger than that. Funny story, uh, real, I'll tell really quick. His mom was actually my daycare teacher. Love her down. Um, I still talk to her. She is literally like a mom figure for me. I love her so much, but um, she was my daycare teacher. Um, and so she was literally wiping all her eye behinds and things uh-huh. like <laughs> that. Um, and somehow, some way, we ended up at the same high school, um, and so I met him in, like, ninth grade, and we got together from 11th grade all the way until, you know, I had my kids with him, but um, I was saying all that to say, I was like, well, I have all this history with him. I didn't want to, you know, let go of that history. I also didn't want to. I, I just, I was scared, you know, I was just really scared mm-hmm. to just, just leave, but at the same time, Even when we were in high school and, you know, I was on track to go to college. I had scholarships and everything like that. He wasn't. He he was literally failing every single class. He wasn't even trying. And I was literally trying to help him do his homework to really just help him get ahead and so he can go to college with me. Like, I was so focused on this boy who was already showing me that he did not want to do anything with his life. I was so focused on him that I, you know, didn't care about what happened to me because I was so focused on him. So um, a lot of the times um, in our relationship, it was the same. I was so focused on making sure that I can help him get a job, making sure that I can help him get some clothes or some shoes and, or whatever he needed for his job or wherever he was working at at the time. Um, I was too busy taking care of him and not really loving on me. And I, eventually one day it just dawned on me like, girl, why are you giving your all to this, this man who does not care about it? He's not even a man boy mm-hmm, <laughs> it's a boy, mm-hmm. uh, who's not even doing anything for you like he's he just gave you these babies and he don't even love on them you don't care mm-hmm. about them like the cycle when I started to see and I didn't notice it then but looking back at it now I started to see that cycle continue of he wasn't telling them he loves them he wasn't loving on them like he it, it was just like First show, Like, of course, he's loving on them on Facebook and social media. Yeah, he's the perfect dad. But in real life, no. Um, and still to this day, you know, he's an absentee father. You know, he'll, I, I, girl, we have it like clockwork. I know when he's going to try to call. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and but he's not present in their life. But eventually I was just like, Michelle, you have to let this go. He's not worth it. Um, and I got fed up. I, I remember, um, I want to say it was... <sighs> I can't remember the exact uh, time of year, but I remember he he went to uh, my father's house one day, and earlier that morning, he had literally just hit me, and I had a, a a bruise on my eye, but he went to my father's house. I think I went over there to go pick up mail or something like that, and my cousin, um, he was there that day. <laughs> I will never forget, um, and he got out the car and he was trying to buck up to my dad and, you know, curse at him. And I don't know, they were just going back and forth. My cousin came outside and boy, Mm -hmm. everything went down. (laughs)
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, You know, your foot faced this way. Yeah. His foot was that way. My my cousin broke his foot. Um, And I'm like, this, this boy literally just put his hands on me this morning he's and then he's still bucking up like at my family Mm -hmm. he does not care about anything and even after his foot was broken (laughs) by my family member um I still was crazy enough to take him to the hospital I took him to the hospital because I did feel bad I mean this hospital his foot was was broke so I took him to the hospital um but after that um I still I got back with him um because I felt bad about his foot. I felt like that was something that I did to him, even though I didn't do it. But I feel like since he was in, you know, the presence of my family and like at my family's house, like I did it to him. And so I felt bad. And so he was staying with me for a little while. And eventually he tried to buck up and hit me again. Mm -hmm. And baby, do you know, I took them crutches that he was on (laughs) and found my strength that day. Yes. The soul (laughs) said enough. (laughs) (laughs) I found my strength that day, and I have never looked back. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it it's
1: so. Um, w- w- the moment you said, "I saw the cycle repeating itself," um, that really resonated with me uh, because sometimes we will go into relationships un unaware that we're actually. Um, following a pattern, but we do have an opportunity that that those pivot moments when we decide or we take our power back. Something else that when you were talking, I think about especially some young ladies that I've been interacting with most recently in the desire to help him so much that they lose sight of mm-hmm. who they are and somehow if i continue to help or save um save them they they will get better and whatever the ideal would will happen when we're not here on this planet to save other people mm-hmm. and i can't i can't make you whole i have to work on um fulfilling the 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 space I'm supposed to be in, uh, and so it, it's really interesting that you played that out because I literally have been in conversations with young ladies who are following that same pattern, and so I appreciate you sharing that so that they don't feel alone, so that they don't
2: feel like ashamed right. that that is a pattern, it but is. it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't. And I and I and when I look back on it, I know what it stems from. It stems from me not hearing that I was loved. I I did not feel that. I did not receive that. So I was looking to love this boy as much as I can so he can love me. And I can hear that. Yes, I heard I love you from him and things like that, but he did not truly mean it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really stemmed from that lack of confidence in myself. Um, and just really not feeling like I was loved or appreciated, um, but I definitely feel loved and appreciated now.
1: I know I was getting ready to say, and and you broke that cycle so that your daughters wouldn't have to watch what you watched and and believe that that is is the right thing or the thing that's okay. Because and then it opened the door for yeah. you to actually have the the healthy relationship that you deserved as you broke cycles. It walked you into healthy and, mm-hmm. and understanding what really true love is, which right. is beautiful. Oh, so so many things. Thank so you. if we kind of, oh, there's so we only have like 10 minutes left. So when you think about um, your journey as an entrepreneur, like you're carrying a lot of um, challenge, but also a lot of victory and decisions and, and defining moments that you have carried into deciding to be an entrepreneur. What, what were some key things that sparked the interest that I'm going to work and do this for myself? What, what were some sparks that led you to this?
2: Well, um, I saw it growing up. That was one spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the freedom that my dad had. He had the he didn't have to like get up and go clock in anywhere. He mm-hmm. did what he wanted to do on his own time. So I saw that and I was like, I like that. <laughs> um that was that was a spark. But also, um, since I had my baby so young, I had no I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I would, I would try to go get a job and baby, I haven't worked a job since my kids are in Pampers. So (laughs) I would try to go get a job and, you know, the jobs weren't paying me enough. Like I was like, literally the whole entire check would go towards daycare. So it was like, well, shoot, I don't have no money for food, for gas, for any, a car, nothing. Even though my cars were, um, I had bought cash cars at the time and they were paid for, but I had no extra. And I was just like, you know what, this ain't, this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just, <laughs> we gonna have to figure something out. Um, and so that's what really sparked me to like, you know, get into entrepreneurship and just figure something out. So I did end up going to cosmetology school my baby's got all this hair. I quickly figured out I do not like doing hair. But <laughs> I just started trying things. I just kept trying things just mm. to figure out what I like. If, if I wasn't good at it, I didn't like it, scrap it. Okay, start something new. But I never gave up on trying. Like even now, if I don't like something, baby, I'm quick to chunk the deuces and start something new. I, I'm just, that's just who I am. Like if it's not serving or working for me, let it go. Um, and so I just continued to do that until I found something that I truly love.
1: But that was just golden. Like you kept trying, you kept looking until you found the things that you were good at, that you love to do. And sometimes people get stuck when the first thing they try doesn't go the way they thought it would. And and then the, like, oh, I wasn't meant to be. But no, you're saying, no, keep trying the thing. Oh, keep because trying. I said- yeah, that's part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> and don't be afraid to let it go when mm-hmm. it's not working, when it's not serving you. Um, so, when you think about um, your journey as an entrepreneur, how have you grown and healed as a woman? Mm-hmm. Where you're sitting, where you're sitting at right now? How have you grown or and healed?
2: As a woman. That's deep. I've grown a lot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I've grown so much. I know my mindset has really grown because um, before I would, you know, try something new, I would just completely get up and get stuck in my head, just kind of how you mentioned. Um, and I would, you know, still try to go find a job. And then I was like, Michelle, these jobs ain't paying you nothing, girl. You gotta do something else. <laughs> Um, and so I had to finally let go of the mindset of lack,
0: mm.
2: uh, feeling like I didn't have enough. Um, and once I let go of that mindset of I have everything that I need, God has you know, instilled in me the tools that I need to produce money. I can produce wealth with what he's already given me. He's given me creativities, uh, creative ideas. He's given me a mindset for entrepreneurship. I just have to tap into that. And so I feel like how I've truly grown is by getting in my word. Um, Before, I was just doing it willy-nilly, like just coming up with everything. But when I really started tapping into my word and I really just kind of figured out what my true purpose was and what I really can do naturally, like without even thinking about it, that's when I was like, okay, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm Mm -hmm. put a pin in it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I feel like just really tapping into my world. My word has really just healed everything Mm -hmm. um, that I've experienced in my past. Um, and it's let go a lot of, of, of the trauma and the, and the anger that I felt, um, towards, you know, even my parents and, you know, people who've done me wrong. Um, I've, I've forgiven all of them for everything. Um, but you know, that's, that's a whole nother, you know, thing that I could talk about for hours, forgiveness. Um, because once you learn how to forgive people, you can really just, you, you grow so much when you forgive and you let go. Like, I don't know why people just hold into so much b- bitterness in their heart, but when you actually let go of whatever this person did to you, even if you never hear an apology, like you have to let it go. Cause you may never hear it. That person may die tomorrow. You, you will never hear that apology. You have to let it go because, that person ain't thinking about you. <laughs> they probably don't even know that they hurt you the way that they hurt you and you'll never probably get that reconciliation like you want to. But once you let that go, you will be so free. Mm, yeah.
1: Cuz I I always think about that lack of lack of forgiveness is your decision to stay shackled to a pain mm-hmm. that will probably never um, be healed. And so, we, if you're deciding to stay angry, if you're deciding to stay bitter, you are also deciding to stay stuck yep. because you're shackled to that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're you're shackled to the stuck place that that person has been right. for all of their life, and there's so much more in front of you that freedom becomes that key to. So I don't want us to end this conversation without you actually talking about the business. Like, what what are what Steel Solutions? Like, tell us about what you are doing and and how it's impacting. Others' lives.
2: Yes. So I am blessed to be able to serve people every day. So my company is called Michelle Seal Solutions because I provide solutions. Yes. <laughs> um, as you mentioned earlier, I am a mortgage loan officer, but I'm also a financial clarity coach and you know wealth strategist. I do a multitude of things. Um, everything that I do is within the financial arena. Though a lot of people um, they struggle with money and they struggle with finances, um, managing their finances. And it's usually because they're operating in lack, either lack of money or lack of clarity of what to do with their money. So I help them get clarity on their finances. Um, I help them protect their assets and protect themselves. And I, I just, I love being able to make sure that families have closure. Um, you know, if a loved one pass, but also make sure that they're able to continue to build generational wealth while they're living as well. So that's what I do. Yes. Wow.
1: And I hear <laughs> it's so amazing. I hear the nuggets of your learned lesson, lessons from your story mm-hmm. in the work that you're doing now in in shifting from a mindset of lack of getting clear on what you should or, or shouldn't be able to do. And it it's amazing when you create those shifts, how even though you've gone through that thing, you can leverage it to create um, a, a greater future for yourself. Right.
2: Yeah. And you also have a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I had one before with the community called Pretty and Prosperous, but um, we paused that and I focused on still living well. So that just launched. Um, And I'm going to be continuing that series on what is wellness and Mm -hmm. how people can find wellness in all aspects of their life.
1: Uh, Such an important conversation as we are mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally Financially exhausted. So I I know you cover all of that. Yes, all (laughs) of it. All of it. And how can people follow you?
2: Yes. So you can find me um, on my website, which is MichelleSteelSolutions.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at IamMichelleSteel. If you would like to be a part of the Pretty and Prosperous community, just uh, go to Pretty and Prosperous on Facebook. Just search it. The group should pop up. And then you can also follow us on Instagram as well. Now.
1: Now, because we're um, on radio, I don't want people to miss the opportunity to find you because your name is not spelled Mm -hmm. as simply as it sounds. So if you can spell that out for people so that they can make sure they get the right Michelle Steele.
2: So it's Michelle, which is one L. I am a special Michelle and it's Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E. So um, I am Michelle Steele. So I A M M I C H E L E S T E E L E on pretty much all my social media platforms. And then Pretty and Prosperous is just how it sounds on Instagram. Is Pretty and Prosperous underscore beautiful.
1: Well, Michelle, I have to tell you, thank you for being so honest and so vulnerable and and taking us there. And also, thank you for being so courageous. Your bravery um, has brought you to this moment and has allowed us to, to get connected. So I thank you. I thank you, my sister. And I wish you much, much wellness and wealth and continued growth. Thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Well, fam, that's another one in the books. And I hope that you will continue to stay with us um, because we're going to continue to create flips. And next week, we have one of my favorite, you know, Keith is over here with me, but I also have my another favorite photographer. Her name is Jessica Pepler. And you've seen her my headshots, all those you've seen her. She's going to talk about through the lens of grace, motherhood, trauma, and grief, and how she's used photography to heal that space. Don't miss her conversation next week. Same time, same place right here on the flip side. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Virdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.